0: our way through the Lord's Prayer these 66 words that Jesus gives to us that that we're learning is it's not just a prayer to you know give us kind of a framework for how to pray well but really what Jesus has done here is opened up for us a door to everyday life with God and for God as we live out these six phrases that make up this prayer and so in this series We are seeking God to uh, be led by him through these words and and how to live the very best lives that we can in 2020 for God and and with him. And we're, we're at the phrase today where Jesus says, Here then is how you pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I would say that of the six phrases in this prayer, this is the one we take the least seriously. I don't think we take temptation seriously. I was, I was reading about a couple as they talked, the, the wife in particular, she, her, she realized her greatest temptation was shopping, overspending. So they talked about that and she just committed that she would be strong and, and overcome that temptation. But the next time she went out shopping and came home, she had a new dress on. And so her, her husband was like, what, what's up here? I, I thought we decided that, you know, as you found yourself in that temptation or environment, you were just going to say, get behind me, Satan. And she said, I did, but he said, it looks good from back here, too, so I had to buy the dress, he said then. So, I mean, this is <coughs> as far as how we think of temptation, you know. It's like this little red, you know, devil in a suit with a pitchfork, you know, whispering to our ears. And about the only time we use the word temptation is, you know, boy, it was so tempting to, you know, want to eat that second piece of cake or, or something like that. <coughs> so the first thing I want to point out from this part of the, the prayer and really how, how to live is just recognizing that, that temptation is connected to evil. That whenever there's temptation in our life, there's the possibility for evil. And whenever evil happens, temptation has been involved. But see, here's the thing. I'm not sure we take evil seriously either. I, you know, it seems like maybe we don't see evil as being real Except for, for maybe in the, in the movies, you know, where we, we say, who, who, who's evil? Well, Thanos, that, that villain, is, he, he's evil. You know, the Joker is evil, you know. Uh, Lex Luthor, the, these guys are evil. And I just think this is a part of the brilliance of Satan's, Satan's scheming and strategy as well. To just get us to not really think, you know, uh, about this part of life that, that, that seriously. Every day we face temptations to compromise our character every day to step outside of God's will and be disobedient to him every day to to settle for less than the best God has for our lives every day this is a part of 2020 for every one of us that that every day this coming year there'll be you know the temptation to do stuff that actually hurts somebody else or is hurtful to our own lives, or hurtful to our relationship with God. That, that that every day, this is something that we we deal with. And that when we are tempted, we are tempted to do evil. Now, I do believe, you know, certainly sometimes we see it as it's coming. We're able to, you know, recognize it, you know, particularly when it's like a big moral dilemma or ethical dilemma that we're facing but so often i feel like we live myself included we live unaware of the of of temptation and the possibility for evil that confronts us every day here upon this earth there there are two different paths that lead to temptation there's the all of a sudden you've experienced this i i i I experienced it last week, I, I don't want to get into that, but where, you know, you're just going through your day and all of a sudden you you find yourself face to face with the temptation to gossip about something or face to face with the temptation to lust or or face to face with the temptation to let your anger get the best of you and rage or insult somebody or, or something. It's just, it catches you off guard. Yeah, we've, we've all experience temptation in that way. But there's another path that leads to temptation. I think it's actually the more common one. It's slower. It's more subtle. But we actually lead ourselves into temptation. Because we we fail to take serious our capacity for evil. So we just take steps that walk ourselves down paths into temptation. We struggle with drinking but we still still spend time at the bar. Or we struggle with overspending, but we still go shopping all the time. We struggle with gossip, but the first thing we want to do when we hear a juicy piece of news is call our best friend. We we struggle with pornography, but we surf the internet without any kind of filter or any kind of accountability software there. And so as we begin to seriously, and I hope that we will seriously consider this part of life you know that if you look in your notes I I entitled the message everyday temptation I wish I would have entitled it everyday faithfulness because that's what we want 2020 to be about this is about overcoming temptation that we might be faithful to God as he is faithful to us and so as we begin to seriously consider this part of our lives let me ask you this question. Where would you say you are most vulnerable to temptation right now? Would you, would you reflect on that question here in, in the next few moments? Let me just talk a little bit about myself, try to be open about myself as you consider that question for yourself. As I've thought about this in kind of seasons of my life when I was young, I would say the areas I was most vulnerable to temptation were connected to peer pressure. Students in the room, I just encourage you, be on alert. When you have temptations that are really related to peer pressure, like, you know, going to a party where you know there's going to be things happening there that are going to involve temptation that will not, you know, be, you know, God's best for you to just be on your alert. I wish when I was a student, I would have understood something that we we looked at during the everyday or I'm sorry, during the real God series last fall. One of the things we talked about was that when you and I, when we live for God, we don't ever have to worry about missing out on any good thing. If you want a verse for that, Psalm 8411 is a good one. I just wish I would have known that as a student because so many of my battles with temptation came from this thought that I don't want to miss out on something. My peers, my friends, are, I'm going to, they're going to be doing something, I'm going to be missing out. And, and Satan was just so effective in that season of my life in that way then as I got into my 20s and 30s as I've thought about it probably two of the areas I was most vulnerable I I needed to be on the guard guard about the most were anger management and sexual purity now in this season of life I've been in for a while I would say a couple of areas that I I am most vulnerable and need to be on take very seriously would be resentment and pride Jesus said to Simon Peter, Satan wants to sift you like wheat and you're going to fall to that temptation and deny me. And Peter was like, no way, Jesus, I would never do that. And his overconfidence caused him to to be susceptible to that temptation. He he didn't even see it until he had succumbed to it, you see. And I just want to say to you here at the beginning of this new year, Satan wants to sift you like wheat in 2020. Be on your guard. See, this phrase can be translated lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one that we have an enemy, the devil. Satan. scripture teaches us that we do face an everyday battle. Whether we recognize it or not, we have a a spiritual enemy he is stronger than us he is smarter than us he is he is more powerful than us Paul writes these words about him in Ephesians 6 our struggle is not against flesh and blood it is against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms now Satan's fundamental identity is the tempter his fundamental weapon Is simply temptation. What we're talking about this morning is real. This subject matters to how well your life goes this coming year. Satan despises God so much, he wants to destroy your relationship with God. He wants to rob you of a sense of purpose and meaning for your life. He wants to steal away your joy. He wants to rob you of your assurance of salvation. He wants to rob you of your witness for Jesus Christ in the world. Jesus called him a murderer, a thief, a liar who came, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, I want to share with you now what I think is one of the most important and encouraging verses in the Bible about being faithful to God in overcoming temptation in this everyday battle that confronts us here on this earth. It's first Corinthians 1013. So the verses leading up to this one. Let me give you the background here. Paul's writing about the temptations that the people of God and uh, of Israel face as they, as they travel from Egypt to the promised land, to the wilderness, how, how they are overcome by the temptation of, of immorality sexually, how they're overcome, many of them, by having idols in their life, and then many are also overcome by the temptation of grumbling. That's an interesting one grumbling and complaining. That's a lot more subtle than those other ones, but can be every bit as destructive to our lives. And then Paul writes, these things happened to them as examples and warnings for you and me. Then we come to this verse that I want to unpack with you. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind To humanity and God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it now I want to share with you about how God helps us with temptation from this verse couple really exciting promises that God makes to us here but first let me just say God never tempts anyone to do evil lead us not into temptation doesn't mean that God causes temptation James one thirteen says, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he ever tempt anyone with evil. He never dangles sin out in front of us like, does this look a- a- alluring, attractive to you? That, you know, God has nothing to do with that. Look back at the beginning of the verse. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Temptation is a part of the human experience. Jesus was tempted in every way as we are yet did not sin. So nobody is exempt from it. We all will be tempted here on this earth. But I want to share with you now two promises that God makes to us in this verse about what he will do to help us. First, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He knows how much temptation You can handle, and he has promised you, I will not let temptation go beyond that line. I don't know how much temptation I can personally handle, but God does. And he says, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond that, Dave. I will not allow the evil one to tempt you or or, or your own desires to, 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 to go beyond that point. Now, that is extremely encouraging to think about, but there's also a very sobering implication, isn't there? That whenever I do fall into temptation and sin and disobey God, I can never say I couldn't resist, you know. I just couldn't I couldn't help myself. God has taken that excuse away. He's not left that open to us. There's another promise that he makes here in the verse, though, that is also just wonderful to recognize and grab a hold of. He says, when you are tempted, God will provide a way out so that you can endure it. So God promises, I'm always going to provide a way of escape for you. Every single time, 100% of the time that you are tempted, you will be able to resist Satan. You will be able to flee that temptation. You will be able to be faithful to God. That's that's an incredible promise to just grab a hold of and hold tightly to in this everyday battle that you and I face with evil. So how do we pray and how do we live this prayer this coming year? As I've been talking about during this series, I think there's a reason this part of the prayer comes right after forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That we just ask forgiveness for things that we've done wrong, now we're asking God to keep us from doing the stuff we just ask forgiveness for, you see. The sequence here. Well, let me share with you four ways that we align ourselves with this prayer. And I really feel like kind of go on the offense when it comes to this battle, this everyday battle that we face with evil and, and the evil one. The first thing we need to do is just never forget what's at stake. Again, it's so easy for us to just not take this seriously. We just need to realize what is at stake. Let me try to explain it this way. In week two of the series, we looked at the phrase, um, your kingdom come, your will be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. And we learned that day that God's will's not always done on the earth. But when we actively do God's will in our lives, we help bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Wow, that's how I want to live. That's how I know you want to live. That's the best way to live. Where we're, we're walking in obedience and faithfulness. And as we do so, the kingdom of God is being manifested more and more. We're able to be that light of Christ you know, to this fallen world. But we've got to then also recognize the opposite is the case, that when I live in such a way where I'm, I'm not doing the will of God and I'm not being obedient to Him, I'm inviting another kingdom to come upon this earth, the kingdom of darkness. I'm welcoming the kingdom of this fallen world and darkness more and more into my life and upon this earth. That's what's at stake. In verses 14 and 15 of James 1, it continues with this. this uh, I mentioned verse 13 a moment ago. Let me, let me read these two verses. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So death is what's at stake here. That, that we learn here that death is caused by sin. Now, it's not talking primarily about physical death here. It's talking about spiritual death, spiritual deadness on the inside that happens to us. So giving into temptation causes me to be torn away from, from God, my relationship with him, his His place in my life. That's what's at stake that we need to recognize. Look back here at the passage. Where does it say sin and death get started? With our own evil desires. Every one of us have to wrestle with and deal some kind of part of the fallen nature and world in which we live. These desires in us, you know, to take advantage of people. The desire to twist the truth a little bit to make myself look better. The, the, the desire to succeed at the expense of other people. The, these kinds of desires, we just need to realize, recognize this reality. See, unless we understand our own capacity for evil, we'll never take the daily temptations that we face seriously. And we'll miss what this part of the prayer is about. What God wants to do in our lives and empowering us to live faithful lives for him and with him. It just starts with recognizing what's at stake. Second, then, to align our lives with the prayer, we need to stay close to God. One of my favorite people to learn from in the Bible is Joseph. So he's in his mid-20s when he's tempted by Potiphar's wife to sleep with her. This is his master's wife. He's a slave in Egypt. She begins to flirt with him and tempt him to... Uh, every day to have sex with her. One day, you know, her husband's gone. She grabs a hold of his coat, says, come to bed with me. He overcomes that, flees that temptation so rapidly that he just, he leaves his coat behind. Now, let's think about this. He's lonely. He's young. Life has not treated him well. It's not gone as planned. He's in a vulnerable place, but he is so strong spiritually to be able to to, uh, uh, overcome this temptation. And what he says to Potiphar's wife here gives us a window into his heart to learn why he's able to be so strong. Look what he says to her in Genesis 39.9. How then could I do such a wicked thing? And what? Sin against God, you see. He is so close to God that even in the circumstances that he's in, He does not, he will not allow the seduction of his master's wife to cause him to do evil. This next verse in your notes is a a great promise for us when it comes to, to this area of life as well. James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. He is in the business of delivering people. You see it all throughout the Bible. He delivered the people of Israel from Egypt and slavery there. He delivered Daniel from the lion's den. He delivered Esther from the evil plot of Haman to exterminate the Jews. But God brought deliverance. He he delivered Jairus' daughter from death. He delivered Bartimaeus from blindness. He delivered the Gadarean from demons. He delivered Peter from drowning. He delivered Paul from being killed by his adversaries. Satan is no counterpart to God. When it comes to power and authority, unlike Satan, God is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. And he, he loves to deliver people. He will deliver you this coming year from evil and the evil one. But you need to stay close to him. One of the best ways that we're able to do this when it comes to overcoming temptation is by learning scripture and it doesn't have to be a lot of scripture but just the right the, the key scriptures we read in Psalm 119 11, this God I have hidden your word in my heart why that I might not sin against you see that I might overcome temptation and be faithful to you and Jesus as always is the perfect example to us the tempter comes to him at a time of great vulnerability for Jesus he'd been in a, a, a you know a, a time of, of, of fasting so physically, he's, he's, he's weak and vulnerable. It's, a, it's an opportune time and a very important time for Jesus. He's beginning his public ministry. And so Satan, the tempter, comes and, and Jesus does battle with him. And three times, Satan tries to deceive and lie to and tempt Jesus. But every time, Jesus just responds with Scripture as a, as, as a sword to just fight off the, the evil one. He, see, Jesus is... His mind is so immersed in the Word of God and he lived in the reality of Scripture so so prevalently that he he just saw right through the lies and the temptations of the evil one. I asked you earlier, what is the area of vulnerability for you right now when it comes to temptation? So what I'd encourage you to do this week, and if we can help you as a staff, just let us know, we'd be glad to help you, but identify two, three, four verses or scriptures that equip you in that area, that speak to that area, you see. They'll help you stay near to God. They'll serve you well in 2020. For me, as an example, in managing anger, some verses that have been really helpful to me in dealing with temptation would be Proverbs 29, 11. A fool vents his anger. But a wise person quietly holds it back. I don't want to be a fool. And every time my anger's got the best of me, I've looked foolish. I've felt foolish. I don't want that. James 1.19, everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow or skeptical of becoming anger, angry because a person's anger does not produce in them the righteous life that God desires. That's been helpful. And then one that maybe is not as as commonly known is 2 Timothy 2.23. Have nothing to do with foolish and stupid arguments because the Lord's servant must not quarrel but be kind to everybody, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct. And as I've tried to just... Take these scriptures and internalize them in my life. I have fe- I felt so close to God, and I felt equipped and empowered to do battle in this area. God is the deliverer. He-, he loves to deliver us. He wants us to stay near to him, to pray this prayer often. Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. A third way that we align ourselves with this prayer is to stay closely connected to other believers. Hear me now. Temptation always involves hiddenness, doesn't it? It always involves darkness. I want to be as direct as I can in saying this. If you feel like you can handle temptation and sin on your own, you deceive yourself. Satan is stronger than you. He's smarter than you. If I try to handle temptation on my own, you know, just in a little vacuum by myself, I will fail. I will fall. Every one of us need relationships where we've reached a point of trust with one another that we can be open and honest about where we are vulnerable, where we struggle, to hold each other accountable, to support and encourage each other. This is the brilliance of AA. This is is how AA, one of the most powerful things they do to combat temptation is they give each 12-step member a sponsor, you see. So when they are at a point of danger in their life, they call that person and they say, Friend, I am dealing with temptation right now. I need your support, you see. That's what we need to be in the church for each other. I think this is a part of what it it means in Galatians 6.2 when it says, Carry one another's burdens. So let me just ask you, who knows your areas of vulnerability? Who is that person or persons that you call when you're in danger? I, I've shared before, you know, Pastor Greg Monagoo, who's, who's taught here before BSCC, he's, he's He's been a good friend of mine for many years in this way. I'm so grateful for him. <laughs> if, you, if there's not a name that's coming to mind for you, that, that you, uh, you, you could say, you know, this, this is who I reach out to. This is my accountability person or partner. I just challenge you. Pray that prayer today. God, bring that person into my life. Open my eyes. Who might that person be that I'm already in relationship with that I could take that next step with? Help me to think about that. If you do have somebody in your life like that, reach out to them this week and just give them an update. As we've been looking at this area of your life, just give them a report. Here's how I'm doing. You know, here's where I need some, some prayers and encouragement. I want to be honest with you and such. Now, a lot of these types of accountability relationships here at BSCC, do you know where they begin? They begin by attending the same small group. That you get in a group and you begin to connect particularly well with one or two people there where that trust in relationship grows, that respect. You begin to share your lives with one another and you really reach that place of, of just total transparency about areas of vulnerability where you are tempted that you can be uh, accountable and praying and just loving and supporting each other in this way. But staying connected to other believers is just fundamental to living a life that is aligned with this part of the prayer. Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. The last point I wanted to make is just to do your part that each of us, you know, to do our part to avoid temptation. Now, I said earlier, temptation is a part of the human experience. Deliver us from temptation doesn't mean deliver us from the experience of temptation, God, because nobody's going to be delivered from that here on this earth. But there are things that we can do to avoid temptation, and we need to do our part. Let me just read a scripture that gives us an example here. Proverbs 5. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she's bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life her past wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Now, certainly the gender could be switched here. It could be the man who's being the seducer here. But I was reading this old country preacher like to say, if you don't intend on going in the house, stay off the front porch, he would like to say. (laughs) That's the idea here, you know. If you struggle with gambling, don't go to a convention in Las Vegas, okay? If you struggle with overeating, you know, don't go to the all-you-can-eat buffet restaurants, you know? If you struggle with materialism, you know, don't go out on Black Friday, you know, or take advantage of Cyber Monday or whatever. Scripture says flee immorality, you know, flee the evil desires of youth. And sometimes... As we take this part of our life seriously, we recognize what's going on here or what's right ahead of us, and so we can pray strategically and be prepared with the working of God in our life to avoid that temptation. Let me give you some for instances. I'm going to be going out of town. God, I'm going to be staying at a hotel by myself. If there's uh, you know a movie channel there that is just going to have me you know thinking immoral thoughts and just would not be. God, uh, good for me. Help, help me to just have the integrity to just watch a ball game and go to sleep. Or, Father, I'm going to be going to a family reunion this afternoon. And there are some old attitudes and habits that are going to be that I, that I need to avoid. So just help me to be strong, God, and, and to resist those things. Or, Father, we're going to be with a, a wealthy couple this coming week, and and that has a tendency to trigger greed in me and to trigger envy in me. So help me, God, just to be content and grateful for what it is that I have. See, this uh, this is the idea here. When we pray, Father, lead me not into temptation, we are acknowledging I'm weak, I'm vulnerable here, God. I recognize that. We are saying, I am dependent upon you, God. Keep me close to you so that I have the divine power of your Holy Spirit to take that way of escape that you always provide for me, God, because I want to be faithful to you. As you are faithful to me, this is my heart's desire. This is the best way to live this coming year. Let's commit to it. Next week, we're going to finish the series, this New Year's series, by looking at the last phrase of the prayer. For yours, Father, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And in that part, what we're going to find basically is this. We're going to learn about this. I am second. You, God, are first. That's how I want to live. But I want to share a final thought with you before we pray this morning. Because I realize, I know I've felt a, a good bit of conviction in this, in looking at this phrase my, in my own life, that maybe in battling temptation, you, you, you have felt very discouraged maybe this morning or dealing with some shame issues, like temptation's just been getting the best of me in this new year, I, like Satan's been beating me up, and I just wonder, is there, is there grace really for me anymore? Does God still want to be involved in my life? And so I came, uh, came across this true story I want to share with you that I think speaks to that question. It's about a lady who contracted AIDS because of an immoral lifestyle, and she reached out to a pastor. He came to her house. She asked, or she said to him, Pastor, I feel lost. I feel like I've failed. I've failed other people in my life. I feel like I'm going to hell. That God would would have nothing for me anymore. And the pastor just looked at her, looked around the room, saw on her dresser there a picture frame with a, a, a pretty young woman in the, in the frame. And he asked her, he said, Who, who's that? And the woman said, that's my daughter. And the pastor said to her, he said, you know, if, if she were in trouble, would you help her? You know, no, no matter how many mistakes she had made. Would you, would you forgive her if she asked you to? Would you love her no matter what? And, and the lady was like, sure. I mean, why, why would you even ask that? And the pastor said, because that is how God sees you and that's how God feels about you. He's got your picture on his dresser, you know, he loves you. More than you love your daughter, he said to her. And that connected with her at a heart level. And it opened her up to be able to receive the last truth I want to share with you. It's these words from Romans 5.8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. When? While we were still sinners. Jesus died for you so that in 2020 when you don't overcome temptation and you you stumble and fall. That you can know God loves you. His grace is there for you. You can be forgiven and then get up and move forward, not allow yourself to be held in bondage, but move forward. Continue moving ahead with God and for God every day this coming year. This is the good news. Of Jesus Christ let's pray together father as we continue to consider a new year and a new decade and what we want the priorities of our life to be we're grateful for the words Jesus that you've included here in the prayer lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil we reach out to you this morning, we need you, God. We, we recognize the seriousness of this matter. We realize we are in an everyday battle with the evil one. We celebrate that he is no match for you, God. That your word says the one who lives in us through the Holy Spirit is far greater than the one in the world. That it says in Colossians, Jesus, when you died on the cross, you made a mockery of sin and Satan and death. And we want to stay very close to you this coming year every day, God. To be faithful to you as you are faithful to us. We put our hope and trust in you. We believe that you love us. We, we, We accept and embrace your promises that you will never allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle and that every time we are tempted, you will provide a way of escape. Thank you, God, for being at work in our lives. I pray for everybody in the room that you would draw them close to you every day in 2020, that you would open up doors of relationships with other believers, that they might humble themselves and that we might all be open with others to have those accountability and support relationships that we need. We pray, God, that we would make decisions in our daily lives that would lead us away from temptation, that we would, we would do our part. So just help us to keep this in the forefront, this, this reality that even though we may not see it or it, it's hard at times to, to remember that we are in an everyday battle. But that you have said to us, we are more than we are overcomers in all things. That you will provide what we need uh, to be faithful to you. And that's that's our prayer. That's our commitment to you, God. We love you. We want to honor you and be faithful to you. This coming year and however many days you give to us here on this earth. Thank you for being with us and for us in this way as we pray this prayer and bring our lives before you in the name of our Savior, Jesus, and all who agree said, amen.